إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد So we're in the chapter of Al-Adhan uh, and we began that last time and now we've reached to the hadith of Abu Juhayfa radiyallahu anhu qal Ra'aytu bilalan yu'adhinu wa atatabba'u fahu hahuna wa hahuna wa isba'ahu fi udhunayhi Rawahu Ahmad wa Tirmidhi wa Sahaha Wal Ibn Majah wa ja'ala isba'ayhi fi udhunayhi Wal Ibn Dawood لوى عنقه لما بلغ حي على الصلاة يمينا وشمالا ولم يستدر وأصله في الصحيحين In this hadith then Abu Juhayfa رضي الله عنه he mentions some more of the descriptions of the adhan and he says I saw Bilal رضي الله عنه making the adhan and I was following his uh, mouth here and here and his fingers were in his ears similarly in Ibn Majah he put his fingers in his ears and then the narration of Abu Dawood it mentions regarding the movement of the neck when saying Hayya ala salah to the left and to the right even though he didn't turn his body completely so what does all of this mean then the narrator is Abu Juhayfa radiallahu anhu and his name was Wahab ibn Muslim. وَهُوَ يَسِفُ لَنَا مَا رَأَى مِنْ أَذَانِ بِلَالِ radiallahu anhu and he is describing here what he saw from the adhan of Bilal radiallahu anhu. قَالْ وَأَتَتَبَّعُ فَاهُ هَا هُنَا وَهَا هُنَا He says, I was following the mouth of Bilal radiallahu anhu here and there. He was watching him carefully as he made the adhan meaning. معناه أن بلالا كان يلتفت في الأذان يمينا وشمالا and the meaning of that is that بلال رضي الله عنه used to move when making the adhan to the left and the right ولكن جاء ما يقيد هذا الالتفات however there are some narrations which have been mentioned that restrict this type of movement or this level of movement how much movement occurs in the adhan and when and that restriction is that the movement occurs only upon doing al-hayya alatain, meaning hayya ala salah, hayya ala al-falah. When a person is reading that section of the adhan, then an individual rotates his head. وَلَيْسَ فِي كُلِّ الْأَذَانِ And not in the whole of the adhan. It's a mistake to move around and to rotate in the whole of the adhan. أَمَّا أَنَّ بِلَالًا رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ يَجْعَلُ إِسْبَعَيْهِ فِي أُذُنَيْهِ حَالَ الْأَذَانِ فَمَعْنَاهُ أَنَّهُ يُدْخِلُ أَطْرَافَ إِسْبَعَيْهِ السَّبَّابَتَيْنِ فِي الْأُذُنَيْنِ What's the meaning of Bilal putting his fingers into his ears? Meaning that the edges of his fingers, the index fingers, the edges of the index fingers, he would put them into his ears. فَدَلَّ هَذَا عَلَىٰ أَنَّ مَنْ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ مِنْ سُنَنِ الْأَذَانِ أَنْ يُجْعَلْ أَوْ أَنْ يَجْعَلَ الْمُؤَذِّنَ الْمُؤَذِّنُ إِسْبَعَيْهِ فِي أُذُنَيْهِ فِي كُلِّ الْأَذَانِ So this indicates that from the sunnah of the adhan is 
that the person making the adhan puts his index fingers into his ears throughout the whole adhan. And the shaykh says, perhaps the reasoning behind that, and Allah knows best, that it is greater or it is better to raise the voice. It helps and it is better in being able to raise the voice. وَكَذَلِكَ لِيَعْلَمَ الَّذِي يَرَاهُ مِنْ بَعِيدٍ أَوْ الْأَصَمْ بِأَنَّهُ يُؤَذِّنْ And similarly, if somebody sees that person from a distance with his fingers like this, he can tell he's making the adhan. Even if he was somebody deaf, he'd be able to see that this person is making the adhan. فَيَكُونُ ذَلِكَ عَلَامَةً عَلَى الْأَذَانِ So this becomes a signpost that this person is making an adhan. It becomes a sign of the adhan when a person has his index fingers in his ears. وَأَمَّا الْحِكْمَةِ مِنَ الْإِلْتِفَاتِ فِي الْحَيَّ عَلَتَيْنِ أي حين يقول حيّ على الصلاة فإنه يلتفت إلى جهة اليسار وحين يقول حيّ على الفلاح فإنه يلتفت إلى جهة اليمين أو بالعكس As for when a person gets to the حيّ على الصلاة and حيّ على الفلاح then the sheikh says when a person says حيّ على الصلاة then he moves the head to the left and when he says, Hayya al-Falah, he moves the head to the right. And it could be the other way around. Maybe when he says, Hayya al-Salah, he moves it to the right. And Hayya al-Falah, he moves it to the left. But the point being that he does some movement in order to be able to spread his voice. To be able to spread his voice across the directions. And when you say, Hayya al-Salah, Hayya al-Salah, this actually in of itself means... Meaning, come, gather together, come towards the prayer. Similarly, when you say, then you're calling the people to come to success. So you are calling the people to goodness and you are calling the people to uh, success and you're calling the people to this prayer. So therefore you rotate your head to the left and to the right to spread your voice at that moment when you say, Hayya ala salah, Hayya ala al-falah, but not the remainder of the prayer. So what are the summarized benefits of these narrations? Firstly, that it is from the sunnah to put the index fingers into the ears when making the adhan. Similarly, that a person rotates his head when saying Hayya ala salah and Hayya ala al-falah. But a person does not rotate his whole body. أَنَّ الْمُؤَذِّنَ لَا يَسْتَدِيرُ بِجِسْمِهِ وَإِنَّمَا يَلْوِي عُنُقَهِ A person shouldn't move his whole body to the left and to the right. His body stays facing the qibla. But it's the head that moves to the left and to the right when making the adhan. يَسْتَدِيرُ بِرَأْسِهِ يَمِينًا وَشِمَالًا وَقَدَمَاهُ ثَابِتَتَانِ إِلَى اتِّجَاهِ الْقِبْلَةِ As for his feet, his body, it stays facing the Kaaba. هَذَا هُوَ الثَّابِتِ This is what is established, the Shaykh says. وَهُوَ الْمَشْهُورُ فِي مَذْهَبِ أَحْمَدِ And this is what is famous in the madhab of Al-Imam Ahmad. وَلِهَذَا يَقُولُ فِي مَتْنِ الزَّادِ And that's why Imam Ahmad says in the book Azad, غَيْرُ uh, مُسْتَدِيرُ That a person doesn't rotate his whole body. وَفِي رِوَايَةَ عَنَ الْإِمَامَ أَحْمَدَ 
And there is another narration from Imam Ahmad. He says, "أنه إذا كان يؤذن على منارة أنه يستدير من أجل أن يسمع الناس من جميع الجهات ولكن هذا ليس بالمشهور." There is an opinion from Imam Ahmad. He says, "If somebody was up in a minaret making the adhan, if a person was up in a minaret making the adhan, then when he says the hiya ala salah hiya ala falah, he can rotate full 360 degrees so that his voice goes all around everywhere." From the minaret, but that's not a popular opinion. The popular opinion and the the most authentic opinion here is that the body stays facing the qibla, but the head moves to the left and to the right. So these are some of the things that are mentioned a person should do when making the adhan. After that, then we have the hadith of Abu Mahzura, radiyallahu anhu, anna nabiya sallallahu alaihi wasallam aajabahu sawtuhu. فَعَلَّمَهُ الْأَذَانِ رواه ابن خزيمة In this hadith of Abu Mahdura, رضي الله عنه, it mentions that the Prophet ﷺ was pleased with his voice, with the voice of Abu Mahdura. The voice of Abu Mahdura, رضي الله عنه, pleased the Prophet ﷺ. So he taught him the adhan. He taught him the adhan. In this hadith, then, what is the purpose of it? The Shaykh says, في هذا الحديث, ذكرس السبب الذي من أجله اختار النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أبا محظورة للأذان. The hadith tells us the reason why the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم chose Abu محظورة to do the adhan. Why did the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم choose Abu محظورة رضي الله عنه to do the adhan؟ وهو أنه لما فتح النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مكة That is, that when the conquering of Makkah, it occurred, وَصَارَتْ فِي وِلَايَتِهِ سَلَّمْ And it became under the authority of Makkah. Uh, Makkah became under the authority of the Prophet وسلم, rather. كَانَ هُنَاكَ أَطْفَالٌ يَلْعَبُونَ وَمَعْهُمْ أَبُو مَحْذُورَ There were some children playing, and one of them was Abu Mahdura. وَكَانَ هَؤُلَاءِ الْأَطْفَالُ يُؤَذِّنُونَ مِنْ بَابِ التَّقْلِيلِ وَاللَّعِبِ And these children, they used to copy the mu'adhin, making the adhan. Playing around. They used to copy the uh, Mu'adhin. وَقَدْ سَمِعَ النَّبِيُّ سَأَسَلَمْ سَوْتَ أَبِي مَحْذُورًا And the Prophet heard Abu Mahdura imitating the Adhan and copying it. فَأَعْجَبَهُ سَوْتُهُ مِنْ بَيْنِ هَؤُلَاءِ So the Prophet he was pleased with his voice. He liked Abu Mahdura رضي الله عنه his voice amongst all of the other children. فَاسْتَحْضَرَهُ النَّبِي سَأَسَلَمْ وَدَعَى لَهُ So the Prophet had him uh, come to him. And he made dua for him, وعلمه الأذان, and he taught him the adhan properly. وجعله مؤذنا في المسجد الحرام, and he made him the مؤذن in the masjid in مكة. واستمر على ذلك إلى أن توفي رضي الله عنه, and he continued أبو محذورة رضي الله عنه making the adhan in المكة in the حرم up until he passed away. فدل هذا الحديث على أنه يستحب في المؤذن أن يكون حسن الصوت. Hassan al-Sawt. It indicates that a person who is a mu'adhin should be somebody who has a good voice. Somebody who has a good voice. وَأَنَّهُ يُخْتَارُ لِلْأَذَانِ أَحْسَنُ النَّاسِ سَوْتًا And that the person with the best voice, he is chosen for the adhan. لِأَنَّ حُسْنَ السَّوْتِ لَهُ تَأْثِيرٌ فِي السَّامِعِينَ Because a person with the good voice, he will affect the people who listen. سَوَاءً كَانَ ذَلِكَ فِي الْأَذَانِ أَوْ فِي تِلَاوَةِ الْقُرْآنِ 
Even when somebody is reciting the Qur'an with a beautiful voice, it will affect those who are listening, similarly the Adhan. كَذَلِكَ يَدُلُّ الْحَدِيثِ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ يَنْبَغِي لِلْمُؤَذِّنَ أَنْ يُحَسِّنَ صَوْتَهُ بِالْأَذَانِ The hadith indicates that a person who's making the adhan should beautify his voice in the adhan. لِأَنَّ الْأَذَانِ نِدَاءٌ لِلصَّلَاةِ Because the adhan, it is a call to the prayer. وَهُوَ يَشْتَمِلُ عَلَىٰ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ And it includes the remembrance of Allah within it. لِذَا يُسْتَحَبُّ تَحْسِينُ الصَّوْتِ فِي الْأَذَانِ That's why it is recommended and liked that a person beautifies his voice in making the adhan. However, having said all of that, there is an important point to note. When we talk about the mu'adhin having a good voice and reciting the adhan in a good way, there are limits as to how he does that. Here the shaykh now says, دُونَ إِخْرَاجِهِ إِلَىٰ حَدِّ التَّطْرِيبَ وَالتَّمْطِيطَ كَمَا يَفْعَلُهُ الْكَثِيرُ مِنَ الْمُؤَذِّنِينَ فِي هَذِي الْأَيَّامِ You beautify the voice, but not to the level where you're making it melodious. You're making it into a melody. And you're making it into that type of tune. Not to do the adhan in that way. You make the voice good and you make the voice nice. And you raise the voice in the adhan, but not to the level you begin to make it into a melody or a tune when you're making that adhan. That is incorrect. The Shaykh says many people, they do that now. When they make the adhan, they try to make it into a melody and beautiful, into a tune, in that way like you recite the Qur'an. That isn't the way to do the adhan, but you do it with a nice and a good voice without getting into that level of making it into a melody or a tune as you are trying to recite the adhan. That is incorrect and the shaykh says that is a mistake that many of the mu'adhineen, they fall into these days. Then after that, عن جابر ابن سمرة رضي الله عنهما قال صليت مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم العيدين غير مرة ولا مرتين بغير أذان ولا إقامة رواه مسلم ونحوه في المتفق عليه عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما وغيره In this hadith of Jabir ibn Samurah, he talks about the Eid prayer. He says that I prayed the Eid prayer with the Prophet ﷺ not once or twice, on several occasions, without there ever being an adhan or an iqamah. That there was no adhan, there was no iqamah for the Eid prayer. That's in Muslim. Similarly, there's a hadith which is agreed upon by Al-Bukhari and Muslim from Ibn Abbas with the same meaning. That for Eid, there was no Adhan and there was no Iqamah. So in these two Ahadith, then we see the legislation of the Eid prayer, obviously. Because it's mentioned, Jabir ibn Samara radiallahu anhu talks about praying the Eid prayer on multiple occasions with the Prophet Eid al-Fitr, which is after the end of Ramadan, and Eid al-Adha, which is on the 10th day of the Hijjah, i.e. the day after Arafah. وَهُمَا عِيدَاءَ الْإِسْلَامِ And these are the two Eids of Islam. وَلَيْسَ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ عِيدٌ إِلَّا هَذَيْنَ الْعِيدَيْنِ And there is no other Eid in Islam other than these two Eids. فَمَنْ أَحْدَثَ عِيدًا ثَالِثًا زَائِدًا عَلَى هَذَيْنَ الْعِيدَيْنِ فَإِنَّهُ يَكُونُ قَدْ أَحْدَثَ بِدْعَةً So whomsoever brings about any other celebration or festival on top of these two, then indeed he has come about with an innovation, the Shaykh says. Like the celebration of the Prophet's birthday as they do. Or other than that from the celebrations and festivals. 
birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, all types of days that they have, these are not Islamic celebrations. Because that is then an addition to what has been prescribed by Allah. Allah did not make a legislation upon the Ummah except for two Eids. The Eid of uh, Al-Fitr, which is after the pillar of fasting, and the Eid of Al-Adha, which is upon the pillar of Hajj. Those are the two Eids. وَمِمَّا دَلَّ عَلَيْهِ الْحَدِيثِ وَهُوَ السَّبَبَ الَّذِي سَاقَهُ الْمُسَنِّفِ مِنْ أَجْلِهِ هُنَا أَنَّهُ لَا يُشْرَعُ الْأَذَانُ لِصَلَاةِ الْإِسْتِسْقَاءِ وَلَا لِصَلَاةِ الْجَنَازَةِ وَلَا لِصَلَاةِ النَّافِلَةِ لِأَنَّ ذَلِكَ لَمْ يَثْبُتْ عَنْ يَبْسَ سَلَّمْ إِذْ إِنَّهُ لَمْ يَثْبُتْ الْأَذَانِ إِلَّا لِلْفَرَائِذِ الْخَمْسِ This hadith, the purpose of it is to highlight and to indicate that the adhan, it is not done for supererogatory prayers. Any of the prayers outside of the obligatory fard prayers, the adhan is not legislated. Whether it is for istisqa, the rain prayer, the janazah prayer, those types of prayers, any other supererogatory prayer, the Eid prayers, it's mentioned that the adhan is not proven to be done for them. وَوَرَدَ أَنَّهُ يُنَادِي لِلْكُسُوفِ بِأَنْ يُقَالَ الصَّلَاةُ And it's mentioned regarding the eclipse prayer that you can say, الصَّلَاةُ You can say those words that the prayer is congregating now, but not to make the adhan. وَهَذَا خَاصٌ بِالْكُسُوفِ And that statement is specific to the eclipse prayer. وَقَدْ كَانَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَخْرُجُ لِلْعِيدَيْنِ وَلِلْإِسْتِسْقَى فَيَبْدَأُ بِالصَّلَاةِ بِدُونِ أَذَانِ وَلَا إِقَامَةِ And the Prophet ﷺ, he used to go out and pray the Eid and the rain prayer. And he never used to do any adhan or iqama. Rather, he used to go straight into the prayer. وَالْحِكْمَ فِي ذَلِكَ وَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمُ And the wisdom behind that, Allah A'lam, the Shaykh says, أَنَّ صَلَاةَ الْعِيدَيْنِ يُعْرَفُ وَقْتُهَا مِن دُونِ أَذَانِ The time for the Eid prayer is known even without having to make an adhan. فَإِذَا ارْتَفَعَتِ الشَّمْسِ حَانَ وَقْتُ صَلَاةَ الْعِيدَيْنِ once the sun comes up and it rises, that's it, the time for Eid is there. The time is clear. لِذَا فَإِنَّهُ مَنْ أَذَّنَ لِلْعِيدَيْنِ أَوْ لِغَيْرِهِمَا مِنَ الصَّلَوَاتِ غَيْرِ الْفَرَائِضِ وَغَيْرِ صَلَاةِ الْكُسُوفِ فَإِنَّ هَذَا يُعْتَبَرُ بِدْعَى فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ So whomsoever makes an adhan for these types of prayers, rain prayer, Eid prayer, janaza prayer, then that person has committed an innovation. وَيَجِبُ مَنْعُهُ مِنْ ذَلِكَ And he must be prevented from that. لِأَنَّ جَابِرِ بْنِ سَمُرَ يَقُولِ Because Jabir ibn Samura رضي الله عنه said صَلَّيْتُ مَعَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ غَيْرَ مَرَّ وَلَا مَرَّتَيْنِ وَهَذَا يَعْنِي أَنَّهُ أَكْثَرَ مِنْ ذَلِكَ فَدَلَّ عَلَى أَنَّ الْعَادَةَ الْمُطَّرِدَ مِنْهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ تَرْكُ الْأَذَانِ لِصَلَاتِهِ الْعِيدَيْنِ فَمَنْ أَذَنَ لَهُمَا فَهُوَ مُبْتَدِعٌ لِأَنَّهُ أَحْدَثَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ مَا لَمْ يَشْرَعْهُ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى because in this narration, Jabir ibn Samara radiallahu anhu says he prayed on multiple occasions with the Prophet and he never used to make the adhan for the Eid prayers. So whomsoever does that, then he has committed an innovation uh, and he has legislated into the religion something that which Allah did not legislate. Or he has brought about rather into the religion something that Allah did not legislate. After that, عن أبي قتادة في الحديث الطويل في نومهم عن الصلاة. Next now the author is going to mention the hadith of Abu Qatada 
uh, and it's a lengthy hadith which speaks about the incident where the Prophet ﷺ and the companions overslept for Fajr. ثُمَّ أَذَّنَ بِلَالٌ فَصَلَّ النَّبِيُّ سَأَسَلَّمْ كَمَا كَانَ يَسْنَعُ كُلَّ يَوْمٍ رواه مسلم. Then when they awoke, then Bilal made the adhan and the Prophet ﷺ prayed as he would pray normally every day. So what is this then? لَمَّا رَجَعَ النَّبِيُّ سَلَّمْ مِنْ غَزْوَةِ خَيْبَرِ وَكَانُوا يَسِيرُونَ أَوَّلَ الليل. When they were returning from the battle of Khaybar and they were traveling, returning in the night, at the beginning of the night, فَلَمَّا أَرَادُوا أَنْ يَنَامُوا آخِرَ الليل, And when it came towards the end of the night, they were traveling throughout the night. When it came towards the end of the night, there was some time left, they decided to take some rest and sleep. أَمَرَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِلَالًا أَنْ يَرْصُدَ الصُبْحَ لَهُمْ لِأَجْلِ أَنْ يُقِذَهُمْ لِلصَّلَاةِ the Prophet ﷺ commanded Bilal عنه, to be in charge of waking them up. He was in the responsibility of waking them up for the morning prayer, for Fajr. But due to the traveling and returning from the battle, then sleep overcame Bilal عنه also. So he ended up falling asleep too. So they didn't wake up until the sun rose and the heat of the sun started to fall upon them. Then they woke up from that. So the Prophet woke up and he awoke his companions and the sun had already come up now. And they hadn't prayed Fajr yet. فَأَمَرَهُمْ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَنْ يَنْتَقِلُوا عَنْ هَذَا الْوَادِي الَّذِي نَامُوا فِيهِ إِلَى مَكَانٍ آخر. ثُمَّ أَمَرَ بِلَالًا فأذن. So the Prophet ﷺ, when they all awoke, he commanded them to move. To move from that place and to go to some other place, out of that valley. So when they arrived at the other location, then he commanded Bilal to make the adhan. So Bilal radiyallahu anhu made the adhan. ثُمَّ صَلَّى النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمُ أَصْحَابَهُ رَاتِبَةَ الْفَجَرِ Then the Prophet and the companions prayed the two ratiba for fajr, the two sunnah for fajr. ثُمَّ أَمَرَ بِلَالًا فَأَقَامَ الصَّلَاةِ Then he commanded Bilal to do the iqama for the prayer. فَصَلَّى بِهِمْ صَلَاةَ الْفَجْرِ كَمَا كَانَ يُصَلِّيهَا فِي غَيْرِ هَذَا الْيَوْمِ so then he commanded Bilal to make the adhan, uh, the iqama rather, and after that the Prophet ﷺ prayed the fajr prayer with them, as he normally used to every other day. That is the summarized version of that story. فَدَلَّ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بَشَرٌ يَعْتَرِيهِ مَا يَعْتَرِي الْبَشَرٌ وَقَدْ نَامَ سَأَسَلَّمْ وَلَمْ يَسْتَيْقِدْ لَسَلَاةِ الْفَجَرِ وَالسَّبَبُ فِي هَذَا هُوَ أَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يَسِيرُونَ مَعَدَمَ الليل. So this indicates that the Prophet ﷺ was human as the rest of us are human. And on this occasion, they overslept. The Prophet ﷺ and the companions due to their tiredness and coming back from the battle and traveling at night, they overslept on that occasion. The hadith also indicates that somebody, if he does happen to end up oversleeping, as soon as he wakes up, then instantly he should go and make up that prayer. Instantly he should go and pray that prayer, rather. Instantly he should go and pray the prayer. 
That is due to this narration that we see here now. مَنْ نَسِيَ صَلَاةً أَوْ نَامَ عَنْهَا فَلْيُسَلِّهَا إِذَا ذَكَرَهَا وَلَا كَفَّارَةَ لَهَا إِلَّا ذَلِكَ أَخْرَجَهُ الْمُسْلِمُ That whomsoever forgets a prayer or sleeps upon it, oversleeps, then he is to pray as soon as he remembers. As soon as he awakens and remembers, or as soon as he remembers otherwise, then he is to pray that instantly, and there is no other expiation upon him. There is no other act he must do in order to expiate that act. That is sufficient that he makes it up, and that is what he must do as soon as he remembers. And in this story, the Prophet ﷺ also, he was hasty to make up that prayer quickly. وَهَلْ يُسَمَّ هَذَا قَضَاءً نَذَرًا لِأَنَّهُ كَانَ خَارِجَ الْوَقْتِ أَوْ يُسَمَّ أَدَاءً لِأَنَّهُ هُوَ وَقْتُهَا الَّذِي تَنَبَّهُ فِيهِ Is this now considered to be qada? Do we say that this was qada or do we say that it was actually the correct prayer? That's it, it's okay. وَالظَّاهِرُ وَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ يُعْتَبَرُ أَدَاءً The shaykh says that which is apparent is that this is not considered qada. What happened on that occasion? With the Prophet ﷺ and the companions is not considered as qada, making it up. It is considered as having been performed accurately. Why? لِأَنَّ وَقْتَ صَلَاةِ بِنِسْبَةِ لِلنَّائِمِ وَالنَّاسِ حِينَ يَسْتَيْقَضَى أَوْ حِينَ يَذْكُرْ Because the time for the prayer for the one who oversleeps accidentally, with every intention and effort to wake up, but he sleeps accidentally, or for the one who forgets for whatever reason, then as soon as they remember, that's their time for the prayer. So it's not considered qada, but it's actually correct. فَهَذَا يُعْتَبَرُ أَدَاءً أَمَّا مَنْ تَعَمَّدَ تَلْكَ صَلَى فِي وَقْتِهَا ثُمَّ تَابَ وَأَرَادَ أَنْ يُسَلِّي فَالْجُمْهُورُ عَلَى أَنَّهُ مَعَ التَّوْبَ يَقْضِي As for an individual who purposely leaves a prayer out of its time, then he repents and he wants to make it up, then the majority of the scholars, they say that he must repent and then go and make up the prayer. وَذَهَبَ طَائِفَةٌ مِّنَ الْعُلَمَاءِ إِلَىٰ أَنَّهُ لَا يَقْضِي Some of the scholars however said, he doesn't have to make it up, and it is sufficient for him to make tawbah. لِأَنَّهُ تَعَمَّدَ إِخْرَاجَهَا عَنْ وَقْتِهَا Because he purposely made it go out of its time. وَمَا دَامَ تَعَمَّدَ فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَسِحْهُ مِنْهُ خَارِجَ وَقْتِهَا And so if that person, he purposely made it go out of its time, then it's not correct for him to pray at any time after that. It's not correct for him to pray any time after that now if he purposely took the prayer out of its time. So now all he can do is make tawbah, not to make the prayer up now afterwards. وَلِأَنَّ الْحَدِيثِ مَنْ نَسِيَ صَلَاةً أَوْ نَامَ عَنْهَا يَدُلُّ بِمَفْهُومِهِ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ مَنْ تَعَمَّدَ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَقْضِي وَإِنَّمَا يَتُوبُ إِلَى اللَّهِ مِنْ جَدِيدٍ That a person, the hadith says, whoever forgets or oversleeps, not somebody who purposely does that. So the one who purposely does that, the scholars they say, there's no prayer for him now. He makes his tawbah and that's all he's got. Um, بَلْ إِنَّ بَعْضَ الْعُلَمَاءِ يَرَى أَنَّهُ يَكْفُرْ إِذَا تَعَمَّدَ إِخْرَاجَ الصَّلَاةِ عَنْ وَقْتِهَا To the extent as you're aware, some of the scholars even believe that a person who takes the prayer out of its time purposely is a kafir. That's, that's kufr for a person to do that. فَعَلَيْهِ أَنْ يَتُوبَ إِلَى اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ So he has to repent to Allah. لِذَا فَالْأَمْرُ شَدِيدٌ So therefore this affair is something severe. وَهَذَا الْحَدِيثُ خَاصٌ فِي الْمَعَذُورِ الَّذِي غَلَبَهُ النَّوْمِ وَلَمْ يَكُنْ مِنْ عَادَتِهِ أَنَّهُ يَنَامُ عَنِ الصَّلَاةِ And this hadith what we are talking about is for the person who on an off occasion accidentally oversleeps. Not somebody who makes it a habit that five, six days out of the week oversleeps. 
That is not the meaning here. This is somebody who tries and makes every effort and he gets up, but on the odd occasion it just so happens he oversleeps. Not somebody who makes a habit out of it. Somebody who was intending to get up, he had the intention and he had that firm resolution to get up, but something overcame him, tiredness, etc. And he was unable. So that person is excused and he prays as soon as he wakes up. As for an individual, أَمَّا مَنْ اِعْتَادَ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يُؤَدِّيَ صَلَاةً بَعْدَ مَا يَسْتَيْقَذْ وَلَوْ فِي النَّهَارِ فَهَذَا مُتَعَمِّدًا وَلَيْسَ النَّوْمُ عُذَرًا فِي حَقِّهِ As for a person who doesn't bother to try and get up, just whenever he gets up and prays Fajr, then that person, these are hadith, don't apply to him. He is purposely leaving his prayer out of its time then. The one who doesn't really make an effort. He doesn't really try. He doesn't really care too much. He just gets up whenever and prays. Then that isn't the meaning of these hadith. لأنه أصبح متعمدا في تأخيرها فكثير من الناس اليوم ابتلوا بالسهر. So this person he leaves it on purpose. Especially the Sheikh says so many people now they stay up so late. They stay up late all the time. وغالبا ما يكون هذا السهر محرما في الملاهي ومشاهدة الأفلام خصوصا بعد مجيء تلك الآلة الخبيثة المسمى بالدش والبث الفضائي. The Shaykh says most of the people, they spend their time staying up watching TV and films and all types of things, wasting their time. Especially after this evil that came around, the Shaykh says, this, these dishes that people have, these sky and all these things, and people waste their time watching television and TV and other things. And this is the evil act that they engage in. Uh, and all types of evil, they come upon those screens. And then the people, they miss the Fajr prayer as a consequence of staying up, wasting their time in that way. So those people are not excused. فالحاصل أن هذا الحديث إنما هو في بيان عذر من غلبه النوم بعض المرات مع هرسه على القيام. So these are hadith are talking about somebody who tries to get up all the time and he does. But on some occasions he oversleeps. فهذا يعتبر عذرا. So this is what's considered as an excuse. هذا يجب عليه أن تؤدي صلاته حال استيقاظه. This type of person who on the off occasion oversleeps then when he gets up, he prays the prayer. If إن هناك بعض الجهال يريد القضاء ولكن يقول وخرها إلى نظيرتها فأصلي الفجر مع الفجر. There are some people the Sheikh says they have this ignorance where they think if you miss the Fajr prayer, accidentally one day it happens, you go out of its time, you wake up, it's already morning. They say you can't make it up now until Fajr time comes in again. So they say tomorrow in the morning when Fajr time starts, then you can pray this Fajr in that time because you have to pray the prayers in their times. You have to leave this Fajr now all day. Pray your Dhuhr, uh, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, tomorrow morning at Fajr time, pray this Fajr, then pray your normal Fajr for tomorrow as well. And that's a mistake, it's incorrect. The Shaykh says you pray as soon as you remember, as soon as you wake up in that situation. وَالشَّاهِدْ مِنَ الْحَدِيثِ أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ سَأَسَلَّمْ أَمَرَ بِلَالًا فَأَذَّنَا so the point of the hadith is that the Prophet ﷺ, he commanded Bilal and Bilal radiallahu anhum made the adhan. فَدَلَّ عَلَىٰ وَلَوْ كَانَتْ خَارِجَ الْوَقْتِ So this indicates that you still make the adhan, even if for some reason you were delayed and the time for the prayer had gone, you still make the adhan, then pray. فَإِذَا أَرَادَ الْإِنسَانُ أَنْ يُسَلِّيَ صَلَاةً مَضَى وَقْتُهَا فَإِنَّهُ يؤذن كَمَا يُؤَذِّنُ لِلصَّلَاةِ فِي وَقْتِهَا so even if a person was delayed on some occasion for some reason legitimately, then afterwards you still make the adhan, then pray. 
كما أنه دل على أن صلاة الليل إذا قضيت بالنهار فإنه يجهر فيها بالقراءة كما أن صلاة النهار إذا قضيت بالليل فإنه يصر فيها بالقراءة Similarly, if a person is making up one of the loud prayers, Fajr, for example, you overstepped, now you're going to make it up later, you make it up the same way, you read out loud. Isha prayer, for example, if something happened, you overstepped, when you get up to pray, you pray it loud in the first two rakat, normal as you would. Dhuhr prayer or Asr prayer, if you miss them and later on you are going to pray them, you pray them as you would normally pray them, quietly. So each prayer is made up in the normal way, uh, the Sheikh mentions here. Then after that, Jabir radiallahu anhu narrates that the Prophet when he came to Muzdalifa in Hajj, after Arafah, when he go to Muzdalifa, فَصَلَّ بِهَا الْمَغْرِبِ الْعِشَاءِ So the Prophet ﷺ prayed combination of Maghrib and Isha together with one Adhan at the beginning and two Iqamas. One Adhan at the beginning, then an Iqama, then after the Maghrib, an Iqama, and then the Isha with it. So one Adhan, two Iqamas. وَلَهُ عَنْ إِبْنِ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ And then it's narrated from Ibn Umar رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا جَمَعَ النَّبِي سَلَّمْ بَيْنَ الْمَغْرِبِ وَالْعِشَاء وَزَادَ أَبُوْ دَوْدْ لِكُلِّ صَلَاةِ Then Ibn Umar anhu narrates in one narration that the Prophet ﷺ combined between Maghrib and Isha with one iqama. Abu Dawood mentioned though one iqama for every prayer. وَفِي رِوَايَةٍ لَهُ and in another narration of his وَلَمْ يُنَادِ فِي وَاحِدَةٍ مِنْهُمَا that he didn't make the uh, call for one of the two of them. So now this is the issue of the combination of the prayers and how to do the adhan and the iqamah if you combine. هذا الحديث بروايته حكاية لما فعله النبي وسلم في المزدلفة في حجة الوداع. This is what the Prophet did in the farewell hajj. فإنه سلم لما غربت الشمس واستحكم غروبها وهو في عرفة دفع إلى المزدلفة والمزدلفة هي المشعر الذي بين منا وبين عرفات. So after the day of Arafah finished and the sun set. Then the Prophet ﷺ left and he went to Muzdalifa as it's known from the rites of Hajj. Uh, so when the Prophet ﷺ left Arafah and he continued walking and he made wudu on the way, then he was said to the Prophet ﷺ, the prayer, Maghrib. What about the prayer? So the Prophet ﷺ said to them, As-salatu amamaka. The prayer is in front of you. It's going to come. وَوَاصَلَ الصَّيْرُ سَأَسَلَّمْ إِلَىٰ أَنْ وَصَلَ إِلَىٰ مُزْدَلِفَةً فِي وَقْتِ الْعِشَاءِ And the Prophet ﷺ continued walking until he arrived in Muzdalifa, and now it was the time for Isha that had started. وَقَدْ كَانَ أَخَّرَ الْمَغْرِبَ إِلَىٰ أَنْ وَصَلَ إِلَىٰ مُزْدَلِفَةً فِي وَقْتِ الْعِشَاءِ So the Prophet ﷺ had delayed Maghrib, continued walking until they got to uh, Muzdalifa, and now it was time for Isha. فَصَلَّ الْمَغْرِبُ الْعِشَاءَ جَمْعًا فِي الْمُزْدَلِفَةِ So then the Maghrib and Isha were prayed together combined in Al-Muzdalifah. So this indicates that a person who's doing Hajj after you leave Arafah, you go to Muzdalifah and combine the Maghrib and Isha there. يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْحَاجِ إِذَا أَفَاضَ مِنْ عَرَفَاتِ فَإِنَّهُ يُؤَخِّرُ الْمَغْرِبَ وَيُسَلِّيهَا مَعْ الْعِشَاءَ جَمْعَ تَأْخِيرٍ وَلَا يُسَلِّي you don't pray the Maghrib on the way, but you go to Muzdalifah, even in the time of Isha, then you combine them together there. As for somebody praying on the way, saying it's a time for Maghrib, we have to pray now, that's against the Sunnah. 
Except if you're in a situation which happens to some people sometimes. You leave Arafah after sunset and you're going towards Muzdalifah. There's so much crowding that you fear you're not even going to get to Muzdalifah and the time for Isha is even going to finish. In that case, you've got to pray on the way. In that case, you have to pray on the way. You can't carry on going, carry on going, say, I have to get to Muzdalifah. You get to Muzdalifah and already Isha time has finished as well. And you haven't prayed Maghrib or Isha yet. In that instance, pray on the way. But if you're going to make it to Muzdalifah within the time of Isha, then you leave it till then and you combine uh, in the time of Isha. فَإِنَّهُ لَوْ وَصَلَ إِلَى الْمُزْدَلِفَةِ فِي وَقْتِ الْمَغْرِبِ نعم, this is another thing now. لكن وبعد أن أصبحت اليوم وصائل النقل سريعة فإنه لو وصل إلى المزدلفة في وقت المغرب فهل يصلي المغرب وحدها There's another situation What if you leave Arafah and you get to مزدلفة and it's still the time for Maghrib yet You got there quick You didn't even get there after the time of Isha You got to مزدلفة and it's still in the time of Maghrib yet So now هل يصلي المغرب وحدها Do you pray Maghrib then in its time ثُمَّ إِذَا جَاءَ وَقْتِ الْعِشَاءِ يُسَلِّيهَا فِي وَقْتِهَا Then afterwards, when Isha time comes, comes, then you pray Isha. Do you do that then? If you arrive in Muzdalifah and you're still in the time for Maghrib, pray the Maghrib in its time and then pray Isha later in its time. Oh, أَنَّهُمْ يَجْمَعُ الْعِشَاءِ مَعَ الْمَغْرِبِ جَمْعَ تَقْدِيمِ Or do you say that, well, the Prophet ﷺ combined. So I should combine as well. But now you're going to combine Isha into Maghrib. You're still in the time for Maghrib. So you pray your Maghrib and you pray your Isha together as a combination like that. What do you do? الظاهر والله أعلم أنه يصلي المغرب أولا في وقتها. This is the opinion of Sheikh Saleh Al-Fawzan, حفظه الله. He says what seems to be apparent is if you get there and it's still the time for Maghrib, then pray the Maghrib in its time. ثم إذا جاء وقت العشاء يصليها في وقتها. Then later when the time for Isha comes, pray that in its time. لأن عذر الجمع زال وهو مواصلة الصيف. Because the reason for combination was that they were traveling from Arafah to Muzdalifah. And they wanted to continue that journey and not break it up. That's why the Prophet continued and continued until they arrived at Muzdalifah. And it happened to be after the time of Maghrib. Now Isha had started. So they combined in the time of Isha. But if you happen to get there and the time of Maghrib is still in, then the Shaykh says it's possible that you pray your Maghrib first and then you pray your Isha later. If, however, a person said, no, we should combine in Muzdalifah, then okay, if you've got there and it's still the time for Maghrib yet, you can combine in the time of Maghrib, pray in Maghrib, and bring forward your Isha into the combination. That's possible too. Ja'iz, the Shaykh says. Because you're traveling anyway, you are still a traveler, so you can combine those prayers in that way anyway. Whatever is easier for the person. وَأَيْضًا فَإِنَّ هَذَا يَكُونُ مُشَابِهًا لِفِعْلِهِ لَمْ سَسَلَمْ فِي أَنَّهُ أَوَّلَ مَا بَدَأَ حِينَ وَصَلَ إِلَى الْمُزْدَلِفَةِ أَنَّهُ جَمْعَ بَيْنَ صَلَاتَيْنِ And this would also be imitating the action of the Prophet ﷺ. Because the Prophet ﷺ, the first thing he did when he got to Muzdalifah was to pray the Maghrib and Isha. If you therefore get to Muzdalifah and it's still time for Maghrib yet, you should still make the first thing you do to pray those prayers. So pray them Maghrib and Isha. It will still be a combination, it's just that it will be a combination brought forward into the time of Maghrib rather than brought backwards into the time of Isha. 
فلو جمع جمع تقديم جاز ولو فرق بين صلاتين وصلى كل صلاة كل صلاة في وقتها فإن هذا جائز أيضا ولو أخر المغرب وصلاها من العشاء جمع تأخير فإن هذا وإن كان جائزا على الأصل لكنه يكون مخالفا لسنة الرسول حيث إنه أول ما بدأ حين وصوله للمزدلفة بدأ بالصلاة Three combinations then If you get to مزدلفة before the time of Isha has begun if you get there after the time of Isha has begun, simple. Combine your Maghrib and Isha in the time of Isha as the Prophet ﷺ did. If you get there before the time of Isha yet, it's still the time of Maghrib. You have three choices. Either you could just pray Maghrib by itself then, and then wait for Isha time to start and pray Isha by itself. You could do that, permissible. Or you could combine there and then in the time of Maghrib. Pray your Maghrib and bring your Isha forward and pray it in the time of Maghrib, permissible. Or you could just wait. Wait until the time of Isha starts, then combine them in the time of Isha. But that third option, the Shaykh says, isn't the best. Because then you are going against what the Prophet ﷺ did in terms of the fact that when he got to Muzdalifah, the first thing he did was pray. You're not going to be doing that now. If you're going to wait for the time of Isha to come, you're going to be sitting around for a while. So that would be in opposition to what the Prophet ﷺ did, which was to pray as the first thing. And this is what the Shaykh mentions. Shaykh Salih al-Fawzan, hafizahullah ta'ala. But the point of all of this is That that prayer was done with one adhan and two iqamas This is the If a person combines between two prayers You make one adhan at the beginning And one iqama for each prayer so one adhan, two iqamas. If you combine between the prayers, it's one adhan at the beginning, then an iqama, then when you get up to pray the second one, an iqama for that one. Not an adhan for the second one. One adhan, two iqamas. هَكَذَا سُنَّةُ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ This is the sunnah of the Prophet وَقَدْ وَرَدَ فِي بَعْضِ رِوَايَاتِ أَنَّهُ سَلَّى لَمْ يُؤَذِّنْ وَإِنَّمَا أَقَامَ لِكُلِّ صَلَاةٍ وَفِي بَعْضِهَا أَنَّهُ لَمْ يُؤَذِّنْ وَلَمْ فهل هذا يعتبر اضطرابا في الحديث؟ There are some narrations that say though that in Muzdalifa the Prophet didn't do any adhan or any iqama or that he didn't do any adhan just the iqama so these various narrations does that mean there's a contradiction or a clash in these narrations? because there's only one hajj it was only one hajj that the Prophet did so there can't be multiple different times this happened وَهِيَ مَا فَعَلْنُ فِي حَجَّةُ الْوِدَاعِ وَكَوْنُ هَذِي الْقِصَّةِ وَاحِدَةً لِذَا فَإِنَّهُ لَا تُحْمَلُ هَذِي الرِّوَايَاتِ عَلَى بَعْضِهَا الْبَعْضِ وَلَا بُدَّ إِذًا مِنَ التَّرْجِيحِ وَقَدْ تَبَيَّنَ لِلْمُصَنِّفِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ أَنَّ رِوَايَةَ جَابِرٍ هِيَ أَرْجَحُ الرِّوَايَاتِ However, Al-Hafiz ibn Hajar, he seems to indicate that the strongest uh, narration is the narration of Jabir radiyallahu anhu and therefore a person makes one adhan and two iqamas. So what do we learn from these narrations then? Firstly, That a person, he combines between the two prayers in Al-Muzdalifah. Then after that, a person is supposed to sleep until the sun rises. Uh, 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 until the Fajr rises, until the Fajr starts. Then he prays the Fajr at the beginning time. Then he remembers Allah, makes dua, etc., seeks forgiveness. Until then, afterwards, he's going to leave Mina. The second issue is that 
في الحديث دليل على أن أول عمل يبدأ به الحاج إذا وصل إلى مزدلفة أن يبدأ أن يبدأ بصلاة قبل حط رحله The first thing a person does when he gets to Muzdalifah is that you pray. Even before you take care of your goods and your bags and everything, get there and pray. ثُمَّ إِذَا صَلَّ الْمَغْرِبِ يَحُطُّ الرَّحِلِ Then when you've prayed the Maghrib, then you can take care of your uh, uh, possessions and your riding animals and whatever it may be. ثُمَّ يُسَلِّ الْعِشَاءِ Then he prays the عِشَاءِ ثُمَّ يَنَامُ لِيَسْتَرِيحَ بَعَدَ الْوَقُوفِ بِعَرَفَةِ وَمِنْ تَعْبِ الطَّرِيقِ Then you go to rest and sleep for a while. Uh, and then in the morning you get up to complete the remainder of the uh, actions of the Hajj, which we'll come to in more detail shortly, insha'Allah ta'ala. The third point is, and this is the reason why the hadith is here, is that the person combines between the two prayers and shortens them. A person who combines between the two prayers, rather not shortens them, a person who combines between two prayers, then he makes one adhan only and two iqamas. An iqama for the first one, iqama for the second one. Each prayer has the iqama, but only one adhan at the beginning. Kama fa'ala Nabi Sallallahu fi hada wa fi ghayrihi min al-asfar. Just as the Prophet Sallallahu did on this occasion here in Muzdalifah and in other than that from the other journeys that the Prophet Sallallahu he made. Uh, we'll conclude upon that point. And next time... Insha'Allah, maybe next week, Insha'Allah, we'll finish Kitab al-Adhan. Insha'Allah, maybe. Hopefully, one more session, we can finish Kitab al-Adhan. Uh, and then after that, we'll go into the actual conditions of the prayer. The conditions of the prayer that are required in order for the prayer to be correct and accurate and acceptable. And Insha'Allah ta'ala, that will be later.